Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through song, through studying his word. If you please stand with me as we sing. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. Love so Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven 
And good morning. Thank you for coming out on this cold morning and uh, being with us. Thank you for joining us online. We're excited to have you here. We're going to worship. Okay, I don't have a lot of announcements other than to say that next Friday, next, excuse me, next Sunday is February, right? And so that Randy's got a class starting, Kingdom Heroes. It's a Tony Evans, okay, Tony Evans uh, piece. And so it's like six weeks long. I encourage you to sign up for that. Be meeting in the other building at six. Well, be meeting at six o'clock wherever they meet at. And if you can't join it in person, let you know that he does have a a, a Tuesday night online, so you can do join that in Zoom. So excited about that. We're working through some other things that will be presented to you as we work through the months of February and March. Some opportunities for other classes and other things to learn. And so we'll we'll keep working on that. Uh, we'll keep fellowshipping together. We'll keep singing. We'll keep praying. Because our God is what? We learn in Second Peter, He's coming back, right? And, and we need to be ready for that. And there are people that we know that are not ready for that. So let's, let's share the gospel. Let's get out there. A, a clumsy share is better than no share. Okay, just, just you know, I, I don't know if there's a good way to put it out there, but hey, I think you're lost. And you need Jesus, okay? Just just go with it. Just be bluntly. I mean, you've seen t- times when you don't really know what to say to them because their hair's like combed really funny. And you know, how do you say this politely? Um, you know, I think your hair's out of place. You know, did you like to use my mirror? I mean, any, anything is blunt. It's just a hair out of place. Their life is out of place. Be clumsy, okay? Whatever you need to do to present to them. Because why? Because you care. Because you love them as, I mean, the, the Son of God came and gave His life so that they might have eternal life, just like, just like hopefully you do, okay? So I want to pray this morning. I know that you have requests on your heart. Uh, one person is praying for snow, the rest of you is praying for spring, okay? <laughs> just, just get that out there. And uh, so, so you all can turn your eyes that way and, and no. It is what it is, right? You know, they, they're forecasting snow. It is wintertime. We'll deal with whatever God sends our way. And so, so we'll be thankful for that. And as we sit here this morning, we were already talking about Resurrection Sunday, which is in April. So it's not very long that everything will green up here and we'll get back to the heat and, and every, the, out the window will look different at your house as it does at mine. So we're thankful that you're here. I know that you have other requests other than snow and spring. And there are other things that are on your heart that are concerning you, other things that you want to give thanks to God for. And so we want to pray. And then to come back, to circle back to where we were, there are people on your heart that you're praying for that do not know Jesus. So if you would, let's join join with me in prayer. Father, we come this morning, Lord, before your throne. Father, we're not worthy to stand in your presence to, to bring these requests. 
Father, you sent your Son and he shed his blood. Father, that blood might be a covering. Father, that we might have, because of that, this opportunity to stand before your throne and to lay our requests and our petitions before you. Lord, I bring those that are on my heart, but I also bring those that are in the heart and the mind of these people that are with me. Father, watching or are in the house, Lord. Father, I know that you can hear their prayers. Father, most important, not only can you hear them, but Father, you can answer them. Father, I can hear a lot of things, but I can't do anything about it. But Father, I know that you can, as I stand before you, not only can you hear, but Father, you can answer above and beyond what we ask. Father, I pray that you would go with, with us, Lord, in this service. Draw us closer to you. Father, convict us, Lord, where we need convicted. Draw us closer to you that we might walk out of here a brighter light. Father, a vessel ready to share your love with those around us. Father, I pray that if there's someone watching, someone here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, Father, today might be the day that they come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that as we go out of here this week, Father, we would have a passion, Lord, to share with those that don't know you about eternal life and about you sending your Son, about your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand if you are able as we come together and continue to worship through song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out 
Right. If you have your Bibles, we're going to finish up 2 Peter chapter 3. We're going to finish up 2 Peter, the whole book, the whole letter that Second Peter that Peter wrote, 2 Peter. And so we'll follow on there, follow on your Bible app. We're going to look at this and title this to remind you, because that phrase came up several times throughout the letter. And it's that letter that Peter writes to believers. He's written to a church, and we're not sure about the specific area. It's also interesting because we're going to read that. Paul also wrote to these people. Uh, so there was a letter circulating around Paul. They were familiar with both of them. Now here's the thing, and I said this is the thing that we identify with this, because we too are believers. And there is from time to time where we are not exactly where we ought to be in our walk with Christ. We need, we need to be reminded of who we are and where we should be and how we should be living and the fact that Jesus is coming back. And all of those things. So Peter writes this letter to remind them, to remind them of what they, they're calling, the process of sanctification and so forth like that. He's walking them through this process and, and, it, and he ends kind of with a bang. So he ends with a bang. So remember this, as we walk through this, that Peter's just talked about one of the, one of the things that false teachers have talked about, and he, and he calls them mockers finally in chapter 3, is the idea that Jesus isn't coming back. Look, it's, you know, it's 30, 40 years, 20 years, whatever. He hadn't shown back up. He isn't coming back. And we know today that we've waited a lot longer than 40 years, haven't we? But he's coming back. And so that's where this Scripture picks up, and that's where it takes from now. I want you to, 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 to know this. As Peter writes this, and as he writes to these people, our interaction with Jesus is what? It's meant to bring change. It's meant to bring change. Our life ought to look differently than it did before. And I think what we, we saw in the false teachers, the mockers, is this. They want their life to look like nothing happened, essentially. As I sit here and I'm looking at the paint on the walls, and I've been to a paint store. My wife takes me often. And, and, and it's been a while, but we'll be back, I'm sure. And in there, they have all those shades of color, and, and this, is, this is some kind of brown. And I imagine that if I wanted to, that we could pick out a shade lighter or a shade darker of it. And if I were really good about it, we could sneak in here and put a new coat of paint on a different shade, one tint off. And you wouldn't notice much of a difference. But if I paint this bright orange, somebody's going to say, who approved this? Okay, and there's going to be some comment. You understand what I'm saying? What the mockers and the false teachers wanted to do was just to paint it a shade different. What Jesus wants, what Peter's aiming at, is that your life is dramatically changed. That it doesn't look like it used to. Because I'm going to say your life, what it used to look like, was a life that was on its way to hell. Alright? That's honestly where it was. Out of the presence of God. When you get redeemed, it's now covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's now cleansed of its sin. It's now on its way. Your life is now on its way to heaven. It ought to look a little bit different. And that's what Peter's trying to grasp at. And I'm telling you, we don't live in a different world than they lived in. We communicate differently than they did. We, we have different houses than they did, etc. But we all live under the same sun. And, and what we want to do today is what they wanted to do. We want to check a box and say, I'm going to go to heaven. 
But we don't want to be a light. We don't want our life to show change. We're comfortable with it. We just need to add one more thing to it. That's why your closets are full, right? i got everything I need, but let me add one more thing. And that's what we want to do to our, our spiritual life. We want to, we want, I, you know, I, I've been a good person, but this Jesus thing, if that's, if that's the assuredness that I need, I'll get Jesus, and I'll just add it to all my good stuff. Your good stuff wasn't going to get you there. So what Peter's trying to drive home is our life ought to look changed. So let's pick it up here in the 11th verse. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God because of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with intense heat. But according to His promise, we are looking for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, be, li- be diligent to be found by Him in peace, spotless and blameless. And regard the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you. As also in all his letters, speaking them in the, of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the Scriptures to their own destruction. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, so that you are not carried away by the error of unprincipled man and fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. So, in this passage of Scripture, there's a lot of stuff in there. As I'm reading through, there's a lot of stuff that we could discuss. You guys got anywhere to go? Okay. We'll discuss this. He wants us to be diligent to be found. Be diligent to be found by Him. Now, I want, you to, I want to point this out. That when He says that, what's He assuming? He's already stated it, but you realize that He's, he's still standing to that. Be diligent to be found by Him. By Him is the Jesus, Right? How are you going to be found by Jesus? Because Jesus is doing what? He is coming back. Remember, he reiterates that, drives that home. He wants to nail that down one more time for us that Jesus is coming back. And he wants us to be found in him in peace. He talks about the burning of the elements. The idea that uh, Paul uses that, I believe it's in in one of the letters to the Corinthians, the idea of, of tested by fire. You know, it's, it's the, the idea of smelting the gold. You burn out all the impurities. And, and what we need to understand is there are some things we're hanging on to that when that fire comes that he's talked about, when that fire comes, it's going to go up like it's covered with gasoline. You, you know, it, the things that you and I are clinging on to and holding on to like it's really important, like we're going to pack it in the casket and take it with us. It's not going to make it. It's going to burn up on entry, right? Kind of thing. It is going to, you know, it is that thing that we're clinging to. And so he wants us to be found by him at peace with him. That means we need to know him as our Lord and Savior. We need to be walking with him. That's the idea that he's walking behind us. The idea that that, that this stuff's going to get burned up. We need to be ready for that. 
Have that ready. Did you also notice, I, as I was reading through there, did you notice he says, what we're waiting for is what? We're waiting for a new heaven and a new earth. And I want you to think about that because that's before John wrote Revelation. So you see, God is doing this along the way. He's telling us not only a new heaven and a new earth, but new us, right, without sin, with a glorified body. He wants us to be ready for that. Be at peace with him, spotless and blameless. I was watching again. I watched one of those car shows again last night. I, I found the, the, the other one, the other, the other Barrett Jackson thing showing up there. And they bring all those cars across the, 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 the stage there. And, and they, look, they don't have any fingerprints on it. I mean, the guy who's pushing the car got gloves on. What's that mean? It means somebody's been polishing them. Somebody's been making them spotless. It requires effort. It requires work. It requires, you know, if you, if you wax the car, I mean, you, you get down beside it and look at it. And, and I know that when I've waxed the car and I think I got it all clean, I get it out in the sunlight and, and I find that I, I still got some more wax to take off of there. Another place that I need to go back with the rag. That's what you and I ought to be doing to our life. Polishing our lives so that it shines with the light of Jesus. Making sure, you know, standing and looking at it from different angles. Saying, hey, come look. I've been looking at this car for, for an hour now, and I think I got it all clean. Would you look at it? And somebody else is going to see a spot that you maybe need to buff out again. Same thing with your life. Take that attitude. Say, hey, I want you to look at my life and tell me what needs buffed out. I need to shine up. Because here too often, we say, it looks good. We look like the seventh grade kid who got out of bed and goes, okay, my hair's good, right? And they go to school that way. You've seen them, right? And, and, so, and so, it's usually boys. But anyway, that's, that's how it rolls, right? We don't want to be that. We want to look and be the best that we can be. Before and be spotless and blameless and be ready if I had summed that up, it's the idea of being ready. Ready for his return. Here's the problem. We get lulled into he's not coming. You know, I could pretty much time when my folks used to come home so I knew how long before I had to rake the shag carpet. Okay, time reference. So that means I could, I could watch Gilligan's Island all the way through before I actually had to do anything to make it look like I did my chores, right? The issue is we don't know when he's coming back. And we can play in the mud with the world as the mockers wanted you to do. They wanted you to give up getting ready and come play with them in the mud and in sin in the old life. And so what we need to do is, is we need to, to realize, hey, I've got to get up and I've got to, to get ready. I, I've got to have that drive inside of myself. The world's not going to push you. But God will. God will invite you. And you want to do the very best that you can 
to, be, to get ready. The next part as he moves through there, because here we are, we, you know, I told this story before. It was Thanksgiving one year, and it was at our house. And Grandpa had the turkey with him. Well, we were, we were waiting to eat until the turkey showed up. Because Thanksgiving is really not Thanksgiving without the turkey, right? I mean, it's the centerpiece of the whole thing. We, we got potatoes, we got, we got dressing, we got cranberry sauce, we got salads, we got pumpkin pie. All of that's all waiting. <clears throat> Grandpa's supposed to be there at noon. Grandpa's not there at noon. Grandpa's not there at one. Grandpa's not there at 2, Grandpa's not there at 2.30, Grandpa's not there at 3. I'm not sure that he was there at 3.30. Now, I'm telling you, if you're ready, it's, you know, sometimes you can get frustrated. Sometimes you want to give in and go ahead and eat. Sometimes you want to walk away from what you're doing and change plans. Don't do that. Grandpa finally showed up with the turkey. We had Thanksgiving. Jesus, though He is waiting to come back for whatever reason, He is coming back. Don't give up on it. Maintain that readiness even as much of a struggle as because you're not doing that alone. The Holy Spirit inside of you is helping you stay ready. You're not doing it by yourself. The Holy Spirit living in you is helping you do that. So regard the patience of the Lord. You know, it's, 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 understand this. This isn't because he can't. This is because he wants to. This is his desire. Why has he waited all these years? Well, to be honest with you, I'm thankful because hadn't he waited until I got saved, you got saved, well, I wouldn't be in heaven someday with him. I wouldn't be able to enjoy eternity with him. So that salvation, that, that, that patience, has, been, has meant my salvation. He's holding the ship that's going to sail at port, inviting everybody to come that can. The longer He waits, the more that can come on. And that's what He's doing. It's at salvation. You have, you know, I mentioned Randy earlier, they're having like their, their 10th, 100th grandchild coming along here. And, and, and so, you know, we want Jesus to wait long enough so they can go to heaven. I mean, that's, that's what it amounts to. We want that to happen. So we want that added to. So regard the patience of the Lord as salvation, not as a weakness, not as He's not coming back. He is coming back. He has His reasons, and He doesn't have to tell us why, does He? And I wouldn't understand, but I can be thankful that He did wait. And I want to be thankful as we baptize more believers, as you share with people and they come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, we can be thankful that what? That the Lord was patient so they had time to get on, on board. As Peter has walked through this letter, he told us Jesus come back. He told us to be ready. He told us, yes, He is coming back. Regard the patience as salvation. And then He says this. It's a reminder because what has happened already? They have bought into the street vendors, the false teachers, the mockers, 
And so, when you're aware of things, what is, what's, he, what's he going to drive at? He's going to tell you to be on guard. Did you catch that? We're wrapping up a lot of things together there. Be on your guard. The unprincipled man, the false teachers, the mockers, right? They're going to come along. And they're going to try to lead you astray. Matter of fact, they've already done that. They've already, you, you, you know, Peter's writing this letter with a reference to Jesus coming back. Because why? Because somebody's asked the question, is Jesus really coming back? Why did they ask that question? Because a false teacher came along and said, Jesus is coming back. And, and so they, 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 they took note of that and they said, well, m- maybe they're right. And so the, and then Peter's got to answer that question. And Peter answers that question. Boom, right? Jesus is coming back. He answers that question. But he had to because somebody listened to the false teacher. Somebody listened to the mocker. Somebody listened to the unprincipled man. And so, what we have to be unaware of, I'm going to ask you a question. Do you know that, you know, the, is there teaching outside of here that's contrary to the Word of God? Yeah. There's people out there that, 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 are, that are telling you things that are contrary to the Word of God. And they want you to buy into that. We have seen it in our culture where we've slipped away from where God would have us to be. Why? Because we bought into a false teaching. We have to continually deal with that. And so Paul said, or Peter, excuse me, Peter says this, be on guard against them because their goal is not to take you closer to Christ. Their goal is to uproot you and lead you astray. That's what they want to do. They want to lead you astray to follow them instead of following Jesus. That's what they want. It's, we, you know, Paul, Paul uses this reference. The idea in, in Ephesians, put on what? The armor. Why? Because he wants you to get hot in the summertime and he wants you to have to carry around a bunch of extra weight. No, he wants to protect you. That's why you need to put armor. Why do you need to put armor? Because you're in a battle. Peter's telling you to put on, be on guard. Why? Because you're in a battle. That same cry that Peter, Paul puts out there, Peter puts out there, in letters similar to that, you need to understand there are false teachers out there and they're aiming to take you out. Because the enemy knows who you are and the enemy is going to send those that are working for them, for the enemy, to you to drag you down. Because if you're a light, you might attract somebody else. And when you attract somebody else, the enemy loses a soul. And that's what it's about. And so what Peter's telling us is we've talked about, we've discussed these guys and what they're doing and how they do it for the, for the greed and for themselves. We want you to be on guard. This is real business. They're trying to trip you up. We need to be aware of that. As we walk out these doors, as we turn on our television sets, as we listen to our radio stations, we listen to whatever, whatever music it is, understand that inside of that, when we're reading the paper, understand that sometimes those messages are not godly messages. It's more than information. It's a steering away from God to something else. We need to stand our ground and to be on guard as we do that. The last thing that he says, 
As he's walking out, as he's closing up the letters, I, we, we're going to use the one word. And it goes back to what we talked about in the first chapter. He tells us to do what? To grow. To grow in grace and knowledge. That's what he's asking us to do. You see, what we've dealt with and what we have to, 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 to guard against is that what we do is we just we get saved and then we don't grow. The, to use a parable that Jesus had, we, we're like the, the, the seed that fell, fell on thorny ground. Pretty soon we're consumed. We're, we're, all, of, all of that new growth is covered up by all of the weeds and the thorns and the bramble and whatever else isn't good. And what we need to do is to emerge above that. And that means that we've got to grow. Our roots have got to go deep into His Word. And, and when we do that, when we take in the water that He gives of life so freely, what happens when you water a plant? It grows. We need to have that same kind of growth going on in our life. It's, we, you know, that sanctification process. When you get saved, we check the box. No, we get saved. We're like a newborn baby. We don't stay that way. The idea is that we walk with Him and that we walk through what we call this process of sanctification where we go, become more and more like Jesus as we work along this life. And that means that what? That I'm different tomorrow than I was today. That I'm closer to Him than I was today, tomorrow, that I'm aiming towards getting closer to Him, that I'm growing, that I'm, as, he ta as we talked about in the first chapter, that you, you have this, you have faith, then add to it, add to it, and add to it. And finally, love was the last piece that you put on there, but you increase in those things on a daily basis. It's the idea that you and I need to grow as Christians. Here's the action steps, the things that I want you to take away with. When we walk away from, from 2 Peter, when we walk away from this tiny little letter that you could read in, in, a, in a sitting without any problem, I'm going to ask you this question. Are you ready? Okay, we need to be ready for His return. I mean, and that, that means, you know, ready, ready. Not just, well, He's showing up, that's great. But ready, ready for Him to show up. That, that we're there and that He finds us being diligent, serving Him, spotless and blameless and at peace with Him. What was the last attack? I ask this question this way because we're cruising through this world of false teachers. Can you identify the last attack on what you believe? I want you to think about that. Because if you can't recognize the last time you got attacked, you're probably not going to see the next one coming. We need to be, to be on guard means to recognize the danger. To recognize the danger. That we can spot the danger when we see it coming. That we know that it's there. That we know that it exists. Oftentimes what we do is we live in the world and we don't really acknowledge the danger around us. And we don't acknowledge the danger, then we're not ready. We're not on guard. We're not bearing our armor. So the idea, I ask that question as Paul, as Peter tells us to, to, to be on guard is when was that last attack? When was that last attack? Can you identify it? Can you see that coming? And then the last question that I want to ask you is, remember when you were growing up? 
You ever been in one of those houses that's got those marks on the, on the doorpost and by the kitchen? You know, where they got something taped on the wall? Or uh, I think we had a giraffe that folded down and we, they marked our, our things on that and somewhere buried in a book, it's, it, in our scrapbook, it's there. But we mark, what do we do? We mark growth. We look and we see that we have, and you can see that we've gotten taller, right? You know, you guys got grandkids, kids, you can, they're taller now than they used to be, right? I mean, Daniel now is taller than I am. So he's growing. I can measure his growth. Because when he came into the world, he was only about what? I don't know, he was inches long kind of thing. That's how you tell everybody, right? And so he wasn't feet long. He's growing. Can you measure your spiritual growth. I'm going to ask that question. Then I'm going to encourage you that you somehow put up a, a little marker on your wall to make sure. Because sometimes we can assume we're growing, but we're really not. How do we challenge ourselves that we grow? That we don't get content with where we're at with our walk? That we have a desire to walk stronger and closer with Him. To be more Christ-like than I am today. It's not that I'm more Christ-like than somebody across the room or somebody I work with. Because you'll never, you'll never go anyplace doing that. How do you measure up against Christ and are you getting closer as you go along? How can you mark that? How can you measure that? Because honestly, that's where we need to be at. Those are the questions that Peter's asking us as we walk through there. It's what we need to do. It's not, it's not enough to read the Scripture and hear it, but we need to do something with that. We need to do something with that. Find the attacks on us. Identify those. Talk to somebody else. Talk to a fellow believer. Do you, can you believe they're attacking this? This is what they're saying, and this is what Scripture says. Have that conversation with them. Ask somebody, are you ready? You know, are you ready for that day when He's coming back? And, and you know, kind of like when you're going on a vacation, you ask that question, are you ready? On the way to church today, how many, how many households said, had the words uttered, are you ready? Okay, there was a way to measure how you were ready, right? And so, are we ready for Him to come back? And can you measure the growth? Can you see that I'm growing? So, let's stand. We're going to sing the invitation. The invitation is a time for you to respond to that. Do you want to acknowledge that? Do you, do you have a prayer that you want to pray? Do you want to come down here and have us pray with you? Do you need to accept Jesus as your Savior? All of those things are things that we're, we're asking and giving you an opportunity to do as we stand and as we sing this song. times of waiting, times of need, when I know lost, when I am weak, I know His grace will renew these days, the Lord is my salvation. And when I reach my final day, He will not leave me in the grave. But 
but I will rise. He will call me home. The Lord is my salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save faithful in love? My debt is paid and the victory won. The Lord is my salvation. Who is like the Lord our God, strong to save faithful in love? My debt is paid and the victory won. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is our salvation. The Lord is our salvation. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our salvation, Lord. We thank you for sending your Son that we might be saved. Father, that the only way is through Jesus Christ. Father, help us to carry that message with us as we leave here. Carry it to a world that needs to hear it, to friends, to neighbors, to family that need to hear that message that you are our salvation, Father, that you can be their salvation. Father, I pray that as we go out of this place, Lord, may we give honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So here's your reading for this week. St. Kings and Lamentations, actually, you'll do, and Acts, and then Matthew. So I encourage you to read there, and I'm going to let you go off the air.